Hey, Bravehearted Sister, thank you so much for being a part of the Bravehearted Woman podcast and this segment, Bravehearted Stories. The purpose of this podcast segment is to share your heroic story of bravery so that others can draw strength from you. Now, before you say, oh, wait, wrong girl, I disagree. We're all having a human journey here in this fallen world. And let's be honest, we've all faced times that we needed to be like Joshua of old, be strong and courageous. So you had to find your brave at some point in your life. It was bravery that got you out of depression as you walked through that dark season. When your child opted out of a relationship with you, you had to be brave. You had to be brave when you learned how to podcast, when you wrote your book, when you told your story, when you went through that devastating divorce, when you made that hard decision, when you came up with a, no, I can't do it, when you lost all that weight, whatever your story is, I could go on and on. And so in this podcast segment, though we certainly want to celebrate you and talk about all the accolades and all the highlights of our life, I also want to take our listener into the shadowy parts of our life because what comes from the heart touches their heart. And so when you had to choose to believe God, even though you wanted to give up, when you had to face another day and keep going, even when you wanted to lay in bed and pull the covers over your head, or when you were so afraid you couldn't hardly face yourself in the mirror, or when you had to draw those boundaries or do those hard, brave things, whatever it is, those are the parts of the story that I want to tell. So before we have the thrill of victory, there is an agony of defeat. There is a valley season for us. So let's not over-spiritualize it when you come on the podcast. Don't be afraid to be raw to your level of comfort, of course. But my audience, they're you. They're right where you were. They're where you are. And they need to find courage. That's why they're listening to this short podcast episode. So give me some interview questions that help us go deep. Give me a short bio of yourself, a great picture of yourself, and let's do this thing. This is an on-camera interview, so make sure you got your hair and your makeup how you want it for the watching world to see. Make sure you have good light in front of you so that we can clearly see you and you're not silhouetted. Good microphone is always helpful. Let's capture your story. It's worthy to be told. To God be the glory. Let's share it with the brave-hearted sisterhood. Thank you. Hey, all you amazing, beautiful, brave-hearted women. I am so glad that you are joining us again today on this episode of the Braveheart Podcast. I have a great and amazing opportunity for you. Your life is going to be challenged because today my guest has done something incredible in midlife. In her latest book, Defying Fear, my guest today is a licensed chiropractic physician, triathlete, life coach, author, and speaker, and she inspires her readers to find the courage to embrace their true value and their brave. Please welcome my guest, Dr. Nancy Meyer. Hey, Nancy, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm looking forward to this. I feel like this is going to be a very special opportunity for women listening We want to talk about all the things, your new book that's out, the things that you've been working on, but give us just a brief introduction into you, who you are, a little bit about you. Well, you know, it's funny because if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have said, you know, not really, I didn't think I was really anybody, you know, and then I realized that we're all somebody, 
And uh, it's funny. So, you know, I chose to do something at in my 50s <laughs> that yeah. I hadn't never done and there's no way I could do it. But, you know, God tells you different. And I think that probably the biggest thing for me is, um, one, I am stubborn. You can ask my husband that. But two, I also know that God, he has a plan for us that's victorious. And yeah. we just have to let him you know, show us that and allow him to lead us versus being driven. And um, mm. I was determined at, you know, not to give up at my age. And I tell, you know, youngsters <laughs> that, hey, we can accomplish more than we think we can. And uh, they're so far ahead of me, you know, where I started and hopefully uh, everyone else will be. But I, uh, you know, 2004, God told me I was going to write a book. He said, you're going to write a book and you're going to speak and wear leather pants. Okay. Wow. Um, so I got the leather pants down. <laughs> that but, was the easy part. Yes. <clears throat> the amazing part though, for me is that my story hadn't even been revealed to me yet mm. of what God wanted me to write about. Okay. So, you know, that's nine, 18 years ago, 19 mm. years ago. And I think we get mad at ourselves for not doing something, but maybe, you know, God has a plan for you, but maybe it's not what you think and your plan and your timing. And then I realized all that's happened and even write my book. I was like, Oh, you wanted me to put in there about the triathlons. Oh, okay. Because there's no way I could do that. And, you know, God can do so much. And so he's used me and, and uh, it's awesome. When I heard about your midlife, yeah. that's me. <laughs> right. So yeah, let's get into it a little bit because you are a chiropractor mm -hmm. and you have studied medicine. So, you know, you're not a slouch by any means. So to think that maybe you felt like you were just a average somebody you really were excelling, but then you decided to do something incredibly brave, almost crazy. Tell us about what happened. You were 53 years old and you started doing, I don't even understand this word, triathlon. That's like not even in my vocabulary. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm 55 now, but at 53, uh, they, there's a triathlon half Ironman that came into my uh, area, my town. And all my friends were doing it. And I was like, well, I don't want to be left out, you know, plus there's cool equipment and stuff you can buy, you know, so I want an excuse to buy that. <laughs> and so, you know, what FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Right. So anyway, I had to learn to swim. I knew how to float. I didn't know how to swim. So uh, a half Ironman is 1.2 miles. Yeah. And you're not talking metaphorically here. You're talking about you did not know how to swim. Like I could float. But I, I never had done one lap. Like I tried to swim across a pool and it like halfway across, I was completely exhausted. It took me about three minutes to swim across a hotel pool. My husband kept saying more swim lessons, which I hadn't done any swim lessons, but he was like swim lessons. But so it's 1.2 mile swim and I do not like cold water. And so the first one I did was like 60 degrees, the water. So I was like, if it wasn't bath water, I wasn't doing it. So not only that, but 1.2 miles. That is so far. When you see that spread out on the water, it's like, oh my gosh, you know? Oh. And um, it wasn't with the current to the swim that I did. So, and then the next thing, it's 56 mile bike ride. And this was uh, elevation of 4,000 feet. So it's climbing a mountain for four miles. And then you had another six miles of climbing uh, with that. And then I did half a marathon, 13.1 miles after that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never ran more than three miles, 3.1 mile. And that was like 10 years and 20 years when I was, well, 25. So, you know, go big or go home. Uh, so yeah. I, you know, had to learn to swim and basically learn, learn to run and stuff. And 
and I did, you know, cycling was, I love cycling. I'd always done that, uh, but yeah, and, and it was scary. And I still, even now I have panic attacks with the swim. I have to really watch that because it's, it's scary and it's not swimming open water is so different than even doing laps because you're out in the open and, you know, if you stop, you, you drown. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that would, I, I can totally understand why you would have panic attacks in that situation. We're going to talk about fear in just a moment, but first of all, how did you feel or know that you wanted to, and, and maybe it caught you by surprise, but you literally changed the trajectory of your life. You turned your life upside down. Just imagine the women listening to this podcast today going, that's impossible. I can't change. Maybe she could do it. I can't do it. I have no vision of anything I would do anyway. What would you say to them? Well, the funny story is like, oh, well, she was in good health and stuff. I actually had knee surgery the December before I did the race in June. And I know God's telling me too, because it's not me, it's him. And so I couldn't even turn a rotation on my bike, you know, like spin, mm -hmm. like to be able to do that in January was, and I was walking, I couldn't even run. So by June, I did all this. And so, I mean, it was, I didn't know, but I just kept trying and working hard at it. And um, like I said, I couldn't even do one rotation on the bike uh, because of the injury that I had. I couldn't do stairs. I couldn't go up and down stairs without pain. And so you get stuck. You're, my, my son just said to me, you know, somebody just said they're getting old and they're all beat up and they're 30. And so I'm like, when do we start saying, okay, well, I'm 55 now. So if I say I'm old now, when I'm 65, I'll say, I wish I wouldn't have said I was old. When I'm 65 and then 75, exactly. I'll say, I wish I wouldn't have said I was old at 65. I mean, there's 20 year olds that I know that are really old, how they act. So mm -hmm. why are we doing this? I, I Somebody just told me the other day, they said, yeah, at 40, my parents said, oh, I'm getting old. I can't do stuff. They stopped doing things. Mm -hmm. I, this morning I ran, I ran four miles or so with gals 30 years old and, and it makes you feel better. And I, you know, I keep up with them. And, but we settle and we start walking old, you know, you get to a certain age, you do that old people walk. Yes. Why? I'm not, I'm going down kicking and screaming, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop. As it I, should be. Yeah. And so why are we settling? And yes, sometimes it doesn't feel good. When you first run, you don't feel good. Not, I mean, most people don't like running, but they like how they feel afterwards. Right. Exactly. And so it's like, and I don't care what it is, get up and move. If it's walking, that's fine too. Just do something. And people just, you feel better. It helps with anxiety and depression. I mean, it's what 60% of the people feel better with that. There's and so many benefits. It's yeah, huge benefits. Yes. And I was, you know, people want to do it to lose weight. I said, that is the number one worst reason to do any kind of activity. They're like, what? Because as soon as you get done exercising, you stand on the scale and you're like, oh, I'm the same. Or maybe if you hydrated well, you weigh more. Right. But if you, if you get done exercising, you can say, man, I, I feel less stressed. So do it to clear the cobwebs. Right. And then the other benefit of, you know, getting in shape, losing weight, all that stuff will come. I agree with that because if it's just a goal and not a standard, mm -hmm. then once you reach your goal, what will happen with that good habit that you've created of exercising? Right. Walking is a good place to start, but it's it's not exactly exercising even yet because we're created to move. We are created to walk and reach and grow and stretch and move our bodies. And yet so many times that's the one thing that we relinquish early on in adulthood 
is that we're not like the little children who are on the ground rolling and jumping and playing. We start to get really sedentary. And I believe that that also happens in our mind. You know, you stretched yourself and changed yourself. You probably pushed your body beyond what you thought was even you were capable of or possible for you anymore. But you found out, guess what? I can do it. I have to believe your mind changed in the same way that your body was changing, that you started thinking, why have I been accepting these limiting beliefs? I can do hard things. Yes. 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 I mean, I had the, you know, the arms that, you know, keep waving, you know, I was like, my arms are getting like loose. And then when I stop waving, they're still waving, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but that's all changed. And, and it's funny because you get set. Well, that's just the way we're supposed to be, but it's not in, in like walking. That can be hard if you do that. You know, I call it the grandma, get in there. Oh, people walk, but it's really not where they just get at it. I mean, that's hard stuff. And it, it's wherever you find yourself. But if you're, as long as you're moving and doing something and you get your heart rate up, boy, that's the key. You know, we get where it's like, we're finding the closest parking space. You know, we got to get the closest one versus, you know what, maybe I'll start by just walking farthest out. You know, one, my car's not going to get all banged up. <laughs> you know right there's other benefits too but and you actually you know maybe we'll see enjoy the sunlight and stuff but we don't get out in the sun enough we don't get out and just move our bodies it's not complicated but it all goes back well you know i want to lose weight well so we decrease we decrease what we eat so our metabolism slows down and then we can't eat as much as we did before versus why don't we exercise be more active our metabolism increases and then eat even more eat more protein mm mm-hmm Yes, I eat lots of protein. I can imagine because really a lot of the difficulty that we have when we're aging is that we start losing our muscle mass. And, you know, sometimes we lose weight and we think, oh yeah, I've lost weight. Well, maybe I've lost some muscle. And I think the best anti-aging thing that we can do for ourselves is keep skeletal muscle on our bodies so that, you know, we can really... So I'm not going to break a hip because I I didn't trip because I had no muscle or no stamina. We've got to stay in shape. And uh, so you're a perfect example of that. And you would agree that anyone can start. You can start baby steps, like wherever you are. Don't say it's too late for me, right? Right. I was doing running with the gal this morning and she's, uh, she's in her forties. Most of them are 20 years younger than me, (laughs) but, uh, she said, well, I'm slower. I said, don't say you're slow. First of all, God doesn't make any slow people or, you know, God doesn't do that. You might not be as fast as somebody else, but you're still faster than somebody else. Right. And so just get out and move and don't compare yourself. I mean, I don't even care if it's like, you know what, my goal, and this could be a hard goal, it depends on how long your driveway is, walk into the mailbox and back. I mean, it's simple as that. I'm going to walk around my house. I mean, just simple stuff, just get up and move. But that big thing is, I think, is... You, you schedule that earlier in the day and make sure you do whatever in the day because we get busy and we won't do it. We don't work right. out. And and then also the first thing that leaves is usually stuff that you need to do. It's like when you're busy and you, oh, I don't have time for that. That's when you really need to do it. And it's prioritizing. And it can you can kill two birds with one stone. So you can go walking or running and then also listen to music and praise God at the same time. There you go. That's for me. I mean, it's like a win-win. That just releases it for me. I love that. That's a powerful habit and a powerful routine. And I do that in the morning as well. And like you said a minute ago, you just feel so much better. Sometimes I enjoy exercising. I don't enjoy 
intense cardio or hit training, but I love it when it's done. I love right. how I feel. Right. But I want to shift gears a minute because you've written a book and I want to talk about that called Defying Fear. And you don't write this book because you've mastered fear and, and you've never battled it. You wrote it because you actually have encountered anxiety and fear in your life. And you just mentioned a moment ago, I still sometimes have some panic. Tell us about your book. I think, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, like courage is the absence of fear, but it's despite that with my book. So it's a um, bunch of women's, multiple women's stories, true stories. Uh, compiled together um, to help people to defy fear in their own lives by embracing their true value. And I do that through spiritual, emotional, and physical practices. So it's, you go, the main character is Lila and you, so you go along the journey with her. I mean, best example of someone that told really good stories is Jesus, right? In his parables. So that's how it's written, you know, not like Jesus, but you're going along the journey with Lila. And so you feel her pain. You also feel her victory. And you feel her overcoming and defying the fear and embracing life and learning not to let it hold you down, but embrace everything that you you have. And uh, it, it's it's cool because with like, people that read it, wherever they are in their life, like if you've been abused or if you've been uh, told you're, you're no good, which is abuse, you find yourself in that. So it might be, you know, whoever you felt, person that wasn't good to you you'll mm -hmm. see yourself in the situation with her which is really cool so it's not preaching to someone it's actually come along the journey and, and go through this and then I have you know bible verses in there and also quotes and then like you know how I use that situation and how I felt with it um, so it's you know my situations and other women's but it's it's, it's um, a journey and that's what it is life is a journey and yes. And it is like you talk about courage or brave. It's it's finding your brave. Where mm -hmm. is that? And where it comes from is through Christ, ultimately, is where you discover that. Uh, just And so with that book, it's defying fear and finding the courage to embrace your true value. And it's a, it's a journey. And I've really, it's really cool. I, I thought it was, you know, it's women too. My son read it and he's like, mom, guys need this too. They need encouragement. So I think as all, you know, most, uh, you know, behind it, Every good man's a good woman. <laughs> and, and, and the I other way around. Women, <laughs> yes. So women will tell that there's husbands, you got to read this. And uh, like he said too, he said, it'll help you how to treat people, how to treat people better. And most important person is yourself. And I think that's the big thing is learning the unshakable self-worth that you have through Christ. Yeah. I love the way you're saying that. And that is the biggest thing. And that's what I learned. I mean, I had no self value. I mean, to tell me that I would do have firemans and write my book, I was like, oh, God, you want me to include that in there. I mean, I didn't even realize it. And how he's like, yeah, I want you to show what I did through you because there's no way that I could do that. There's no way. You know, I think, okay, you're a successful woman, as a businesswoman, successful, you know, physician, but still that insecurity is there. And we so listen to that self-doubt. We listen to Satan telling us we're no good. You're no good. You know, you're, you're dried up. You're 40, you're 50. You say you can't do anything. And that's not true. That's not true. You know, it's really important that we just pause a moment and think about some of the words that you're saying right now. For anyone listening, Dr. Nancy Meyer, successful woman, 
medical physician, chiropractor, now athlete, but all of those accolades, and yet deep inside, you would say, I still feel insecure. You know, sometimes we think that people have got it all together. We think we're the only ones that struggle. And just to hear you say that is, is really important because you were filling yourself with all of the right things, the education, the surroundings, all the things, and yet you still had that void. I'm going to guess that that's from something in childhood that you needed Jesus to heal for you and take care of you to fill that void. Yeah. I was not a very good marriage. My first marriage. Okay. Um, in it, you know, not a good situation. And I had to learn to love myself mm -hmm. after that and do that, you know, like to get out of an abusive relationship. It isn't like women they're brave because they're in that situation, but it's them getting conditioned and really thinking what whoever's telling them and believing that. And so you have to learn to value yourself, which mm -hmm. is through Christ, and then you'll get out of that situation. Value yourself, and then you can do a triathlon, or you can walk to your mailbox. I don't care what it is, but you learn to value yourself to put that I deserve to be loved, cherished, and valued. Yes. That is, society doesn't teach us that. And I also yeah. say, and I go out, and I'm, this may not be the acceptable norm, but Women, our weaknesses is our strength mm. because we are tender and more gentle and loving. That is a strength. That is not a weakness. And right. I think we're told that, no, that's not true. We are strong and we contribute and we are like make this world a better place because of that. I was biking yesterday or day before yesterday. This little boy, he was, little, was pushing this little girl. And we're just pushing her down and they were playing, but I pulled over and I was like, don't, don't do that. And he's like, what? I said, you're, you're, you need to protect her. That's, you know, you protect her. And I said, I know, I told her, I said, I know you're strong and you're tough, but I said, that's not how we treat people. That's not how we do. And we learn, forget that. But in life we need to, because if we don't value ourselves in that, our strength, our weaknesses is our strength and our strength, that we're not going to ever do the next thing, the next level, not what God wants us to do. We'll settle. We're going to settle. Right. Like, like you doing your podcast and your brave heart. I mean, that took a lot of courage to do that. Yeah. And, but most people, they're afraid and won't, don't want to come out of that. Well, you say it, you know, in your book, finding the courage to embrace your true value. It does take courage to embrace your value, to believe just to be crazy enough to believe that when God says you're remarkable, you're amazing, you're valuable, you're beautiful, takes courage to believe that because we're more prepared to be disappointed, to be let down, to be rejected. We're not always prepared to be fully loved like God loves us and, and to say, okay, you know what? I am going to love myself. I am going to value myself. And when you do that, you released the you that was inside of you, this athlete woman, but your self-esteem grew and your abilities grew, but you also started doing some self-care. You started reaching for some dreams and some goals. You started taking care of yourself more thoroughly and fully. And then how much courage did it take to write this book? How long did it take you? Well, you know, like I said, for since 2004, I've really had it on my heart to do it. 
And so it's a long time. And I was actually mad at myself because I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, here it is, 18 years, you know, and I was like, what is wrong? What, you know, I'm bad. Why can I? And then I'm like, no, God didn't reveal the story to me completely. And I think, you know, you hit it on there as far as, and I talk about that in the book, as far as affirmations, mm-hmm. saying those, because even though you don't believe them sometimes, yeah. but just saying it, but if you're telling because God wants you to prophesize, and I don't mean like fortune telling and stuff like that, but he wants you to say what you want for your future. And Absolutely. if you're always telling yourself that you're ugly, you're fat, you're no good, you're not worthy because of whatever somebody has told you and you're just believing that, then that's what you're going to portray or of how many women that you know that may not be real thin but you see them on the beach they're in their you know bikini and they're walking it and they're owning it and they look good they They look look good good. and they're confident in their stuff and they look good and then you know there's others that maybe you know better fit or whatever but they're so insecure they don't look as good because they don't value themselves and they don't portray themselves that way but the guys are noticing the one because it's her confidence that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's confidence. You know, Proverbs 31, right? The Proverbs yeah. 31 woman, right? Powerful, strong. But in that insecurity, we just have to repeat to ourselves. I know for me, I'm like, okay, I am valued. I am loved. I'm cherished. You know, mm-hmm. God loves me. God values me. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of being happy. I, I didn't think I was. I thought I was being selfish. You know, I had, you know, husband, business, house, you know, er- everything, right? All the good stuff. And I thought, well, I'm I'm selfish if I want to be happy. But I was so lonely. I mean, so lonely and just felt, and I had friends and stuff, but it was just being in that, you know, your toxic situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like embracing yourself, loving yourself enough to be loved. And, um, and it's, and I think we miss that and we think, oh, you know, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too old. No, God wants you to be happy. And it doesn't mean it's not work at times, but he wants you to be happy. Yeah, and I think, you know, and sometimes in the Christian circles, we have given happiness a bad rap. Mm-hmm. We say, oh, happiness is based on circumstances. And so God really wants you to have joy, not happiness. Right. But you know, the truth is God wants you to have both. God wants us to be happy. He gave us our emotions. He wants us to be able to look around at life and say, God, this is a beautiful day. Thank you for, I feel so much happiness and joy. And we shouldn't say, you know, because I used to say, well, I can either obey God or I can be happy, but I can't have both. Who says? It's right. <laughs> a religious training. So let's let happiness, you know, get off the chop block. You can be happy, Christian woman, and still serve God. God does I mean, want you to be happy. We should Self-care. be the happiest. We should be the happiest people out there. I mean, when when you see like see someone that's a Christian, you should be able to look at them and see them as that they're like something about them is different. Yeah. Radiating. Yes. And I think one thing for me though, that I had to learn, cause I always try to look the positive in people. And so I remember a counselor said to me, he said, some people can tell what your past relationship, they could tell what that person was like by just seeing them and looking at them. And I said, I want to be one of those people, but I'm not, that's not something I do. I see the positive. So go by the actions you know, not just the words, oh, you're wonderful, you're, be-, you know, their actions, because if they're like saying you're beautiful, but then they're out cheating on you, or they're out never wanting to be with you, or cutting you down saying you're fat and all this other stuff, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's not. And But we like succumb to that and let, let that happen. It's like, no, 
no. Yeah. And then also it's a matter of saying, hey, don't say that to me. Don't do that. Boundaries, I, I'm mm -hmm. hearing you say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The boundaries with it. But I just think we forget to value ourselves, which is through Christ. That's their true value. And, you know, it's putting him, you know, he's in the center of our universe. And which is amazing that if we do that, put him in the center of our universe, everything else falls in place, which cracks me up. Because if it was me, like if I was the center of your universe, everything would be messed up because it'd be all about me. But God, <laughs> you put him first, everybody else is raised. Like, what's up with that? Is that not cool? That's I mean, so that's cool. cool. Yeah. And, you know, that's how God works. The kingdom is upside down, right? When yes. I put God first, it's like what he says, if you really want to find your life, you got to lose it. And what that just means is move that selfishness out of the way, put God first and everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all right. these other things will be added unto exactly. you. So it's beautiful. You know, and God had us like, as far as disciples, he had women way back when they were nothing oh, involved yeah. in the ministry. I mean, oh, come on now, you've gotten on a whole nother topic. Now you're going to get me fired so up. Cool, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm like way back when it was not like even a thought. So we're valuable, you know, and, and the thought that God died on the cross for us. I mean, it, you know, we know that, but do we really think about that? I mean, he died for you and for me, a brutal death, just for us. Then why do I not value myself? Which comes full circle. We're talking yes. about not settling in midlife, not settling in life at all, but taking the limits off of God. A lot of times we put God in a box, don't we? We limit him. We say, well, he doesn't work this way or he can't do anything right. with, with me now, or I've, I've, my past is too messed up. And so I'll just live small and try not to embarrass God. That's all just hogwash, as we used to say right. when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know if you know this. So doing those triathlons. So the first year I did it. And then by the second year, I was ranked seventh in the state for my age group. <laughs> so what? not only, you know, from not swimming to doing that, you know, at, you know, my age in the age group, 50, was it 55 or whatever? So seventh in the state, you know, which is like, this is a person that, and, and I didn't even think about the other day, I, um, about a month ago, I was doing a, uh, a triathlon, Olympic sprint. And this guy goes, you know, it's not like, that's very unusual to learn to swim in your fifties. Like you don't, but I'm like, who said that? <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. Right. Kudos to you because that may be true. But the minute somebody says something like that, like there's the limit. Oh, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm so glad right. you didn't hear him say that before you learned how to swim because right. you showed, no, I can do, let's stop thinking so small and right. get that I can do spirit that Philippians talks about. I can do all things through Christ, Christ who, who gives me strength. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Right well, on. So we put God in a box instead of, like you said, instead of like letting him lead us. And so, and it's always, it isn't always what we think it to be or ideal to be or what, but if we feel led by him versus driven, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this task. Well, no, you don't know for sure. And that's where it's praying with it and then letting peace with it happen, like the saying the positive stuff about you and allowing yourself to grow and say, you know what? I have that on my heart to do that. Maybe I should try that. Maybe I should pursue that and see mm -hmm. what happens. And then if yeah. you hear, you know, different people, I'll say like three people say the same thing, but you're, then maybe that's something you should pursue. My guest today, Dr. Nancy Meyer, the author of Defying Fear, 
you guys, you got to get a hold of her book. You got to find her. You got to listen to any interview that she's on. I would just want to close with that thought, allowing God to lead us versus us striving or running our own, going our own way. If you don't know what it feels like to let God lead you, you simply just say, Lord, I surrender my agenda for yours. Lead me. And you will be amazed at the vast, open, huge territory that God wants to give you. Nancy, closing words from you and where can we find you? Um, so drnancymeyer.com, D-R-N-A-N-C-Y-M-E-Y-E-R.com. And I'm on there, all my social media and all that stuff. And you can order my book from Amazon and in there, wherever books are sold. But um, thank you for having me be on the podcast. And thank you for teaching women in their, their midlife that actually they're just starting life. Yeah, and right. I, I really appreciate that. So kudos to you. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'm sure that our paths are going to cross again. And I can't wait for that to happen. We'll have to check in with you and see how you're doing in a few months from now, what other trophies you've won. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, I stopped doing chiropractic to pursue the speaking in, in the book. And it's funny because it's scary. But yep. once you do, you feel you feel good with it. And God will give you that comfort. Another brave leap of faith. Well, I'm going to leave you like I always do. All you amazing, wonderful, brave-hearted women. This is Dawn Damon, your Braveheart mentor, inviting you once again, check out my show notes for my brand new book, Just Released, The Making of a Bravehearted Woman. Is it time for you to find your brave and live your vision? Thanks for hanging out with me today and becoming brave. If this has helped you, be sure to share it with someone and subscribe so you never have to miss another episode. For more about me, my books, my coaching, or online courses, visit DawnDamon.com. And as always, be brave and live your vision.